Good morning to each and every one of you, or good afternoon or good evening, depending on when you may watch the uh, you know, the recorded version of this. My name is uh, Jermaine Jackson, and I would like to welcome you to the New Beginnings Podcast with Jay Jackson, for this is the day that the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. It is Tuesday, so we are going into our segment of Testimonial Tuesday, amen. And I believe that there is a word on today that is going to bless you for all of those that will be listening in. I'm just grateful for this day. Many of us are coming off a three-day weekend. Um, we honor those that have given their lives serving in the U.S. Armed Forces as we celebrated Memorial Day on yesterday. Amen. So we thank those for their sacrifice um, that were defending us on behalf of the U.S. Armed Forces. So many of you were celebrating loved ones that have uh, that lost and gave their lives up. I'm serving this country. So we want to remember and honor those. Um, amen. And so uh, as we're coming back in, many of us are getting back to work. Some of our kids may still be in school. Um, we're still doing graduation. So just a lot of things to celebrate in this time and in this season. And we're just going to take a quick minute to get back into the word um, on today um, as we prepare to just get on and go throughout our day. Amen. And I believe that you will be blessed uh, by the word on today. And uh, we're going to have a quick word of prayer. Gracious and heavenly Father, Lord, I praise you, magnify you. I give you all of the glory, the honor, the praise <clears throat> for the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. It is the name of the Lord that is worthy to be praised. And Father, you are worthy to be praised, to be magnified, to be lifted up and to be glorified. There is no other name that should be exalted higher than the name of Jesus. Thank you, God. For giving us your son Jesus Christ for sacrificing him, God. He's the only one that could have paid the price for our sin. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for being wounded for our transgressions, for being bruised for our iniquities, uh, for the chastisement of our peace being laid upon you. Oh, Lord, thank you, Lord. And by your stripes, we are already healed. Thank you, Lord, for healing our sin sick soul. Hey, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for being the perfect Lamb of God. We give you praise. We give you the honor, Lord, and we give you all of the glory. And I thank you for the blood that has washed and that has cleansed us from the crown of our head to the sole of our feet. Our souls were deeply stained, but through the blood we were washed and made whiter than snow. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this dispensation of grace that we are under. Hallelujah. Thank you for your grace. Thank you. It is because of your mercies that we have not been consumed and that your compassion that faileth not, for they are new every morning. So on this morning, oh God, we rose with new mercy. And I'm grateful, Lord. I am thankful, Father, for what you've done for us, Lord. Even how you protected us, you kept us through the night, God. And you just blessed me and allowed me to give me another day, Lord, to give uh, give you praise, to give you glory, to exalt you, Lord. I thank you for this time. I thank you for this opportunity, Lord. I'll never take it for granted to have the ability to speak, to hear, to feel, to move, oh God. And then just this time to study in your word, God to share your word with other Lord, that someone else may be encouraged, uplifted, and inspired, that someone else may uh, receive information, Lord, a time of impartation. I give you praise, honor, and glory, Lord. Bless every listener, oh God, no matter where they are at, whether they listen to this podcast on the different podcasts on YouTube, <clears throat> if they join me here on Facebook, oh God, live, Lord, Father, bless their homes, bless their families, God, keep them, oh Lord, in the name of Jesus. They may be under some situations where only you can do it, God. You're the only one that can deliver them, Lord. Hallelujah. Father, so I just acknowledge you, Lord, in all of thy ways, oh Lord, trust you with all our heart and lean not to thy own understanding, oh God. Help us 
to trust you even the more and to be patient to wait on you, Father, for you are faithful to heal, God. You are faithful to deliver. You are faithful to set us free. You are the God that never fails. You never leave us or you never forsake us. And I praise you and I magnify you even now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. Once again, I just want to say good morning to you. Welcome to the uh, <clears throat> this version of Testimonial Tuesday on the New Beginnings podcast with Jay Jackson. And I pray that you all are having a blessed day. Let's go into our subject for today. Um, our theme is the blurred lines of Christianity. Amen. We're going to be in the book of Leviticus, uh, chapter 20, verse 7, just for a, a quick reference scripture. And we're also going to, but we're mainly going to be in first uh, Peter, the first chapter um verses 1 through 16 and we may go into uh i believe it's first corinthians the sixth chapter uh verse 12 as we begin to talk about this subject now what what prompted this conversation you know i was listening to um a radio show uh if you've ever heard the uh, show uh i think it's get up mornings with erica campbell and something came out last week uh if you know dietrich hatton uh he's a prominent gospel artist uh, he's now serving as a pastor. There was a video that went up. He was at his 50th birthday party and his wife was dancing with him, dancing on him. Uh, some would say she was twerking. She was bent over. Some say Dietrich, you know, patted his wife on the behind. This is his wife. And of course, it caused a lot of controversy as to should the pastor's wife be dancing on him like that? Should they be displaying this? Should this have been posted? We know we live in a world where everything is shared on uh, social media. Everything is just out here on, on social media. Let me, let me take a quick pause. I just remember something. Giving honor to God who is my life. Thank God for being saved, sanctified, filled with his precious Holy Ghost. I want to give honor to my pastors, uh, Dr. Xavier Menzies, Pastor Latanya Menzies, Christian Family Worship Center, um, 6532 Arizona Avenue, Hammond, Indiana. Join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Amen. I can't forget to give honor. Amen. And to let the world know that I'm saved. Amen. Uh, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. And, and, and we know we live in a world with social media. You, you have to be careful with everything you do. You never know who's watching. You never know who's recording you. You never know. Stuff could be posted about you without even your consent. You know, people can put all type of things up about you. and You may not even know it. So <clears throat> we as Christians, as believers, as the children of God, God, from the beginning of time, his chosen people, those that follow his statutes, his judgment, his ways, we always were supposed to be separated from the things of the world. The Bible says that we are in this world, but we are not of this world. So Pastor Dietrich Haddon has come with a controversy. You may be asked, well, well, Jermaine, is you finna sit here and talk about him? Not really. I'm not. But as I was listening to the radio broadcast, uh, one of the people on the radio said, well, you know, his his title we, we get too caught up in these titles of being pastor and all these different things. He's a husband first. As a husband, it don't make a difference what this man, that's with his wife. He's not with some random woman. And what sparked me is that when the person said that him being a pastor is just a title. And I don't think that it's just a title. That whatever God has called us to, has anointed us to be, it's a lifestyle. It's an example. Somebody is watching us. <clears throat> and if we're going to draw people to Christ, if we say that we stand for God, if in our everyday lives, we're supposed to be that ridden epistle before man. I'm not here to question what this man is doing with his wife because marriage is honorable. 
for for one thing. I, I'd rather you be doing something with your wife than have some other woman on you. So I, I'll just say that. But as Christians, as people of God, one thing I was saying in the world today that the that the lines of our Christianity are so blurred. Because us as Christians, we the Bible says that in the last days there was going to be a great falling away. And you may be asking, what you mean? You're trying to say Dietrich Haddon has fallen away? No, I'm not trying to say that. But right now, we see many of our leaders, pastors, probably people that are coming under scrutiny because of their behaviors, because of things that they are saying. And when we look at the word of God and how we should be conducting ourselves, God gives many instructions, there's many examples throughout the Bible that when you are a believer, and I want to understand, when you are a believer, when you say that you are a child of God, not that you just uh, honor God, not just believe in God, but when Jesus Christ is the head of your life, when he is your Lord and Savior, when you are a part of those peculiar people, when, when you identify as a Christian, there is a certain level of conduct that you are supposed to have. Amen. It's not that you can't go on the world. It's not that you can't have fun. It's not that you cannot enjoy life. Some people say, oh, I, I get saved and it's all my fun. No, it's not that you can't enjoy yourself, but where is the separation? The Bible says, uh, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How close are we going to get to sin before we've gone too far? How long are we going to abuse the grace of God and say, well, you know, we live in a time where the we have the God knows my heart movement. But how long are we going to use that on occasion so that we can continue to basically flirt and play with sin? Because there's supposed to be a separation. Let's go here, Leviticus 20 and 7. God said, you, he was talking to Moses here, and I'm reading from the Amplified. He said, you shall consecrate yourselves, therefore, and be holy, for I am the Lord your God. You shall keep my statutes and do them. I am the Lord who sanctifies you. Earlier in the scripture, in the first, uh, as we go up a few verses, God was talking to Moses about letting the children of Israel know that they shouldn't be uh, serving idols because there was a section of people that was sacrificing their children to idols. So God was telling the Israelites, tell them, Moses, that I don't want them sacrificing their children to idols. This is not something that I honor. We know that God says, thou shalt have no other one before me. So they definitely weren't supposed to be serving idols. Then he went into, he told them, don't seek the advice of mediums, those that consult the dead. Those that, you know, dabble in witchcraft. He was telling them, well, let them know. I don't want them doing that. As my people, they're supposed to be holy. Holy means to be dedicated or consecrated to God. <clears throat> that to be kind of for a religious purpose or a sacred. So when God identifies us as holy, we're consecrated. Consecrated means to make or declare sacred, dedicate to a divine purpose. When we say that we are saved, that we are the children of God, that Jesus Christ is the Lord over our lives. We're supposed to be holy. God said, you shall consecrate yourselves, therefore, and be holy, for I am the Lord your God. You shall keep my statutes and do them. I am the Lord who sanctifies you. So we're supposed to be holy because God is holy. Holiness means to be set apart. Back in the old church, one thing they always believed, they said, it's holiness. They used to preach, they talk about holiness. Holiness means to be set apart, to be morally and spiritually excellent. So when we are set, when we are set apart as the children of God, our lifestyle is supposed to be holy in everything that we do. When we when we go out, we're representing God in everything that we do. It, I, I would say that your life is under a, a microscope. And I've heard people throughout the times in my life that would say, well, that's the reason why 
I don't want to live say that's the reason why I don't want to be in church because I got to be all holy and I have to walk a certain way. But that's that's not just a church thing. That's in life. As we go to our jobs on today, as we start our work, there are different levels. You can easily identify who your boss is sometimes because of the way that they carry themselves, the way that they conduct the business. Not saying that the staff are not professional. But with that level of authority, with that title, with that calling, there comes a certain way they're supposed to act and conduct themselves. Now, people always have a life outside of work. But when I first became a supervisor and manager, my managers taught me, you even have to be careful about what you put on social media, how you conduct yourself outside, because your staff members may see you. You may, out, you may be out with your family, you may be out having a fun time, but just be mindful about what you do because it can reflect you in that level of profession, in that position. Same thing for us as Christians. If I'm saying that Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life, um, I, I serve God with everything that I am, everything who I am, but then yet I don't know how to conduct myself, that could be a problem <clears throat> for some people. It could cause them to lose confidence in who I am and, you know, what I'm about. Because sometimes the only Jesus that people will see is through you and me. That in order for people to be drawn to Christ, in order for people to become children of God, the only way they may see it is through us. So I have to ask us then, are we blurring the lines of Christianity? Some people may think that, well, I've seen this person, this friend, a family member that goes to church, and they doing all the same things I do. But God told us to be separated. There's supposed to be something different about us. The way that we live our lives, the way that we talk, the way that we conduct ourselves. Let's go into 1 Peter 1. And let's start uh, reading there. So let, let's start at verse 2. He said, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, by the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to be obedient to Jesus Christ and to be sprinkled with his blood. May grace and peace, that special sense of spiritual well-being, be yours in increasing abundance as you walk closely with God. When God created man, everyone has, in his foreknowledge, he knew that every man had the ability to believe in his son, Jesus Christ. It's about a choice. You have to choose to confess the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. Salvation is available to everyone. In the Old Testament, his chosen people was the Israelites. And if you look throughout the Old Testament, there were many times when God spoke to Moses to tell the children of Israel how to walk. He created the Ten Commandments, all these laws and statutes and judgments so that they could walk holy. God's desire for mankind was to always to walk holy before him. But then now that Christ has came, Christ paid the price for our sin. We're washed in the blood. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, that's why when people talk about God and talk about Jesus, you can't cancel out the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the mechanism. That's the spirit that lives inside of us that's supposed to lead and guide us. It, it instructs us. One of the main things it leads and guides us is how to live holy, how to hold up the standards of what God requires of us. That's why when we say or do something wrong, the Holy Spirit will convict us. So that we may repent, we may ask for forgiveness when we find ourselves walking or doing something that is not representative of holiness, of what God of what God calls to be holy. So we can't cancel out the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is not just limited to speaking in tongues, but it's a guide. It's a daily guide to lead us as believers on how to walk holy. 
And so as we read in the second verse, it says, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, by sanctifying work of the Spirit. What do we say sanctification is? Sanctification is the process of us being washed, cleansed, consecrated, or set aside for a special purpose. So through the Spirit, we're being sanctified. Sanctification, uh, consecrated, it's a process. It's not that you get saved, you get washed in the blood, and just instantly you know how to walk holy. If you've lived a life previous to Christ, your BC life before Christ, before you got saved, oh, you know sin. You was doing it, you was in it, you understood it, and you enjoyed it. But now you've made a decision that I want to walk holy before God. It just doesn't happen that next 24 hours, you just going to do away with everything. Salvation is a process. Consecration is a process. And you have to be instructed through the word of God by the spirit. That's why when people say, well, I don't need to come to church. I don't need to hear the preacher. How? Who's going to instruct you on how to walk holy? That if you have not mastered it, if you have not come into the full revelation and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, well, you truly understand. That's why faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. It, it takes faith to walk holy. You got to believe that you can do it. So that's one of the things why. I'm definitely an advocate for saying, yes, yeah, it's important for us to come to church. Find a Bible-based church. I know what they're saying. Well, well, Jermaine, it's some of these preachers out here that's doing the wrong, that ain't walking right. Okay, but pray for them. Pray for them. For such were some of you. For we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's why I said when I heard the Dietrich Haddon story, it wasn't for me to sit here and crucify and judge Man, One, he was with his wife. But we got to be careful about how we exemplify, exemplify ourselves in front of people because of social media. We don't want the wrong narratives to be put out there about any of us, especially those of us that believe it, because the enemy wants to diminish our name. The enemy wants to bring us to an open shame before God. The devil would love it if people would lose confidence in God through us. Well, they would look at us and say, if that's what they're doing, ain't no point in me believing in God. Ain't no point in me being saved. Ain't no point in me going to church. Because if that's how the Christian is going to act, then I can stay right here in the world. They're no different from me. Remember, the blurred lines of Christianity. We have to unblur those lines. We have to unblur them. God told us to be separate. God told us to be holy. But we got to stop flirting with sin. Come on. We got to stop flirting with it. We, we got to stop giving excuses the God knows my heart. We got to stop abusing the grace of God because somebody is watching you and we're going to mess around and people are going to go further away from God because of our actions, because of our choices, because of our word. And we're supposed to be the ones that believe we're supposed to be the ones that know better. But when you know better, you do better. Let, let's stay here in first Peter. Let's go to the third verse. It says, bless. Gratefully praise and adored be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant and boundless mercy has caused us to be born again. Remember, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. For old things have passed away. Old things, that old life, that old sinful life has now passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Through the process of regeneration, through the Holy Spirit, you've been made new. You got to believe that. That I'm just not saying that Jesus Christ is the Lord over my life just to be saying it. But I got to have the faith to believe that through the process of the regeneration through the Holy Spirit that I'm being made new. I'm not the same. I don't walk the same. I don't talk the same. There is something different about me. 
That is to be reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and set apart for his purpose. Come on. When Jesus Christ becomes the Lord over your life, you have now been set apart for a particular purpose. God has a purpose for you. And with that purpose, there becomes a lifestyle change. I've been reborn. I've been transformed by the spirit to an ever living hope and confident assurance through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Let's keep reading. Born anew into an inheritance which is imperishable beyond the chain, the reach of change and undefiled, unfading, reserved in heaven for you who are being protected and shielded by the power of God through your faith for salvation that is ready to be revealed for you in the last time. Amen. So th this salvation, this walk of Christ, at the end, my goal is to go make it to heaven. But while I'm here on earth, God has saved me and I'm, and I'm set apart for a certain purpose um, that, that God has for my life. Now, let's go down to verse 13 as we continue to go into this. Remember, the blurred lines of Christianity. We don't want no blurred lines, but it should be clear that I'm a child of God, that I'm saved. You don't have when you look at my life, I, I have no desire, no, no reason to want to do the things that are not of God, to go back to that old life because I'm walking in the spirit, I'm walking in the newness of life. 13 says this. So when we talk about Christian conduct, when people say that, oh, well, you're just a pastor, you're just an apostle, you're just an evangelist, that's just a title. It doesn't identify uh, who, who you are. That, you know, it's just something that you do. No, there's a lifestyle. The, the fivefold ministry, one of the defining things of the fivefold ministry is for the edification of the church, for the building up of the body. But no matter what gift you've gotten, the, the gift that God has put upon you, how can we build up the body of Christ if we're not walking in our office properly? If we're not conducting ourselves with a lifestyle that pleases God? It calls us to have blurred lines. If I say that I'm a Christian, you should be able to look at my life. I, I shouldn't have to go out and announce that I am a Christian. Every day I shouldn't have to say that. But my life should show you there's something different. Have you ever had somebody tell you, you know, you, you're saved, you're, you're living for God. Somebody said there's something different about you. You didn't say nothing. You didn't say what church you go to. You didn't say what you believe. But somebody says there's something different about you because they watch the choices you make in your life. They watch how you walk. I get that all the time. People say, hey, man, are you a preacher or something? Do you go to church? Not that I go announce it to anybody, but I am so focused on living a life that pleases God. I am so focused on, on not blurring the lines of me being a Christian. I don't want somebody to look at me and say, well, that's Elder Jermaine, but, you know, he was out here doing some different stuff in the world. I don't want you to have to question who God is to me because I it ain't about people. I love God so much. And, and I'm dedicated to honoring God with my life in my everyday life. If the Holy Spirit convicts me in areas where I may have thought the wrong thing, said the wrong thing, or even did the wrong thing, then, Lord, I'm going to repent quickly. I'm going to ask for forgiveness because, God, I never want to be in a place where I'm not conducting myself according to holiness, according when I'm not walking a consecrated and sanctified lifestyle. Let's go here to 1 Peter 1, 13. It says, so prepare your minds for action. Be completely sober in spirit, steadfast, self-disciplined, spiritually and morally alert. Come on, people of God. We got to be spiritually and morally alert in this day and this hour. It's more imperative now than ever. 
because we're in a time where there is a great falling away. I don't know about you, but I don't want to fall away. I have no intention of falling away. I couldn't imagine living this life without God, without Jesus. Let's keep going. It says, fix your hope completely on the grace of God that is coming to you when Jesus Christ is revealed. Live as obedient children of God. As parents, we love telling our kids when they're not being obedient. But what if your child is being disobedient? Can they see you being disobedient to God? Oh, come on now. Sometimes we set an example for them to rebel and be obedient. Can they say, what's the point of me listening to you when you say God is your father, but you don't listen to him? Children are very intelligent and they watch us very closely. So sometimes their actions and mannerisms are based off of us. Some of us don't want to admit that. That's another reason I know for me why I'm very careful how I conduct myself because there's another generation that's watching me. And how can I tell them to do right if they looking at dad and saying, well, dad, you telling me to do what you're not capable of doing yourself. We got to be mindful of that. Do not be conformed to the evil desires which govern you in your ignorance before you knew the requirements and transforming power of the good news regarding salvation. See, when you are saved, walking in the spirit, you know better. When you begin to read the Bible, when the word begins to get taught and, and preached to you, it clearly said, do not be conformed to the evil desires which govern you in your ignorance before you knew. <clears throat> if I'm not walking in the spirit, if I'm not saved, I'm going to govern my life. That, that kind of, that case sarah, sarah, whatever it shall be, shall be type of life. Where I'm just doing me. But once I come into the knowledge of God, the knowledge of Christ, my conduct and my walk should be different. I'm not going to keep conducting myself, conducting myself like the world, conducting myself like a sinner. If I'm now saved by grace, I should be conducting myself spiritually, morally alert, being careful. Am I saying that I won't make mistakes? No, it will happen. I don't care how saved, how holy you are. You're going to say, do, think the wrong thing. And that's why the spirit is there to convict that we can repent and ask for forgiveness. So it doesn't mean that you're perfect. The only perfect, perfect to walk this earth is Jesus Christ. That's why we got to keep praying, keep fasting, keep seeking God. Lord, keep me. Help. Every day I pray, Lord, help me. Help me to do better. Help me to be better. I'm yet talking and speaking to God. Let's keep going. But like the Holy One who called you, here we go again with the holiness. Be holy yourselves in all your conduct. Our conduct. That's our everyday life. So some people will tell you, oh, it don't take all that to be saved. It don't take all that to be holy. What does the Bible say? But like the Holy One who called you, that's God. He called him. Be holy yourselves in all your conduct. That's why I like reading some stuff in Amplified. It says, be set apart from the world by your godly character and moral courage. The Bible told me to be set apart from the world. But if I'm saying that I am saved, and there's no difference between me and those that are non-believers. That's a blurred line. What is Christianity? What is God to me? If the Bible is sitting here telling me this, to be set apart from the world by your godly character and moral courage, but my life as a Christian looks just like everybody else in the world, then what really is Christianity? What is this faith in Jesus Christ 
if I'm no different from the world. Hence, I'm not better than anybody else. Some people will look, some people carry Christianity on there and make themselves seem like they're above. I'm not trying to be better than anybody else. But the life that I walk is a life of consecration, a life of sanctification. It's the requirements that God has called me to walk in. And that's what I'm walking in. What God is, these, these are the instructions that God gave me. When you go to work today, because sometimes people just try to get so deep and so <laughs> with this stuff of Christianity, it always boggles my mind. And I always look for things in the world that people just be like, oh, it's just too much to live that way. Is it? You go to work every day and you have to conduct yourself a certain way. Every job has policies, procedures, rules, and regulations. They have a code of conduct that says when you come on these company grounds, you have to conduct yourselves a certain way. And sometimes we go to work, we don't feel like abiding by the code of conduct. What we say, I'm grown. I want to do me. We've all been there. But when you work for that company, the requirements of you receiving your paycheck, your benefits, all the amenities for work, you have to conduct yourself a certain way. Even sometimes when you go out on business, you are a representation, who God, I thank you, of that company. So even outside of it, off company grounds, some of us that work in hybrid environments, some of us that travel for work, you have to represent that company in everything that you do. In order for you to receive the benefits of that company, they tell you, you got to know how to conduct yourself. You're a representation of us. That's all God is saying here. When you say, when you're a Christian, when you, when, when Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, I got a God is saying there's a code of conduct that in your everyday life, these are the requirements of salvation. This is how you're supposed to conduct yourself, Christian, child of God, save Jesus Christ, the Lord over your life. This is not the only example. There's many examples through the Bible. God talks about Christian conduct. This is how we should be living our everyday life. It's the requirements. Okay. 16. Because it is written, you shall be holy, set apart, for I am holy. We just talking about holiness today. Last thing, and we're going to um, close this out. Real quick, go and be the first Corinthians. Let's go to the sixth chapter. <clears throat> right around verse number 10. Well, actually, I want to read uh, 12. It says, everything is permissible for me, but not all things are beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I would not be enslaved by anything and brought under his power, allowing it to control me. This was Paul speaking here to the Corinthians. And earlier, about the 10th verse, um, well, let's go to 9. Paul said, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit or have any share in the kingdom of God? Do not be seen neither the sexual immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, uh, effeminate, uh, homosexuals, thieves, greedy, drunkards, revelers, uh, words that are used as weapons to abuse, insult, humiliate, intimidate, or slander, nor swindlers inherit any, have any share in the kingdom of God. And then Paul said this in 11, and such were some of you before you believed. So some of us were just in a sinful lifestyle before we believed, believed in who? Jesus Christ, the Savior and Lord over our lives. But you were washed by the atoning sacrifice of Christ. You were sanctified. Come on. Sanctified, set apart for God and made holy through Christ, 
through the spirit, you were sanctified, washed in the blood. You were made holy. We got to believe that today. That I know no matter what nobody tells me, I am holy because of Jesus Christ. He did it for me. You were justified, declared free of guilt. That's why I say, I don't care what you've done. There's nothing you've done that God won't forgive. There's no place where God can't reach you that if you are willing to believe, if you are willing to confess the Lord Jesus, don't ever sit there and say, well, I've been messed up too much. No, you've been justified. Don't let the enemy trick your mind and make you feel like, well, well I don't know if I could walk or just the stuff I've done. No, if you give your life to Christ, he can do it for you. He, he died for the sins of the world, all of sin. You telling me Christ died for all. Did you just hear that list that Paul gave us? He said such were some of you. Man, Paul, Paul hit a whole bunch of stuff. Murderers, revelers. Some people think murderers can't be forgiven. But according to the Bible, Jesus died for all the sins of the world. Every sin. He died for it. But you got to accept him as your Lord and Savior. He said that you were sanctified because of the atoning sacrifice of Christ, because of Jesus Christ. It's not nothing I did. It's not nothing you did. It's because of Jesus Christ that you are sanctified, set apart for God, and made holy. You were justified, declared free of guilt in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Holy Spirit of our God, the source of the believer's new life and changed behavior. The Holy Spirit is the source of our changed behavior, and the Spirit lives in all of us. Know ye not that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Then when the Spirit of God lives inside of you, it is your God. It is your comforter. It is through the Holy Spirit that helps you change your behavior. Like I said, you can get saved and receive the Holy Spirit, but you may not change all your ways instantaneously. But we continue to grow in grace. It's, it's a process. Maybe when I was in sin, I was a liar, but now I'm saved and I don't lie no more. But maybe I still I'm still bound by depression and because of my depression i isolate myself from people but as i continue to grow in grace i'm gonna get delivered from depression maybe i was very promiscuous and i'm still bound by that the spirit of it but now that i'm saved i'm gonna get delivered from it some stuff happened all at once some stuff is a process and i have to continue to tell myself I, i'm delivered I'm, I'm sanctified i'm justified People say, that's crazy. You shouldn't talk to yourself. But I, I'm going to keep declaring it, believing it until it happens. And that's why when Paul identifies here to the Corinthians, because the Corinthians were functioning Christian liberty, they were basically saying this in 12. Everything's permissible. Those Corinthians were saying how we do in today's world. I'm grown. I got the right to, to, to do this, to do that. And, and, and I, I ain't kind of, I ain't really messing up. I'm just kind of, you know, doing this but then paul said but not all things are beneficial yes you have the right to do it and then i think a king just says not all things are lawful maybe it ain't wrong but is it benefiting you what good is it doing to you so when we looked at this video that went out about uh the gospel of dietrich Haddon, i'm not saying it was wrong for him to be dancing with his wife that's his wife but that conduct in that way who is it benefiting as a pastor and us as Christians, we want to draw people to Christ. And one way we draw people to Christ, they watch us, how we act. They watch what we listen to. Sometimes people interrogate you just to see what you do in your outside life. Somebody's watching you. 
Sometimes all the Jesus they're going to see is through your life. So I always say your life is under a microscope. And somebody, you could be leading them to Christ without you even knowing it. But you got one slip up. And in your mind, you're saying, Lord, I'm sorry, forgive you. But they saying, man. And I know some people say, well, Jermaine, that's a lot of pressure. But God has required us to walk holy. And if you understand that God requires us to walk holy, it's not pressure. You just walk holy. When I understand what God requires, what he has set, what are the standards that God has set for holiness? If I love God like I say I do, and if I'm his representative, then I'm going to represent God the right way in my everyday life. He said, everything is permissible for me, but I will not be enslaved by anything and brought under his power allowed me to control me. If we keep flirting with the line of sin, keep abusing the grace of God, sooner or later, what you flirt with may overtake you. Let's just walk holy. Why put myself in a position? When Paul says such were some of you, when I know that God has delivered me from so much, from sin and shame, from bondage, from those things that overtook me, why would I want to go back and even flirt with that stuff? Why would I want to play with it? Even though it, it, it may not be that bad, but is it benefiting me? Is it benefiting those around me that are watching me that I'm trying to draw to Christ? And what if I fall? And go right back into what I was delivered from. Remember, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. You died to sin. The old man is dead. But if I keep flirting around those things that are sinful, if I keep being in the world but being slightly like the world, I may slip and go all the way back into the world. Remember, now the Bible says God is married to the backslider. That lets us know that we can backslide. What God delivered us out of, we can go back into it if we're not careful. If we get too close to it, if we keep messing with it, if we keep playing with it, we can go right back into it. Now, if you come back, God will forgive you. You can repent. He'll wash you, cleanse you. But why go back? Why go back? Let's continue to stay holy. Let's continue to stay separate. Let's continue to stay consecrated. Let's not go back into things that we know God delivered us from and brought us out of because he set you apart for a purpose. So let's unblur these lines where people can't identify. You say you're a Christian and people had it all. You one of them. What you mean one of them? Because this world today cannot identify us by the standards of holiness that God has required us to live because of things we have done. We as the body of Christ. And sometimes we want to look at certain people and be like, oh, well, that person messed up. That person did this. That wasn't me. But guess what? We are the body of Christ. So we as the body of Christ, we got to pray and uplift one another that we will continue to conduct ourselves in holiness, continue to walk righteous through the spirit, so that we can unblur the lines of Christianity. Gracious and heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this word on today. I praise you and I magnify you, God, for what has been said. Father, I thank you for Jesus Christ. Thank you for his sacrifice. I thank you for the Holy Spirit. I thank you for his atoning sacrifice. It is because of that sacrifice that we are justified. Hallelujah. Father, we are now in right standing with you. I thank you for consecration, sanctification. I thank you for holiness, God. I thank you for being set apart. And Lord, I stand as a part of the body of Christ, Lord, as Christians, Lord. 
I thank you for how you have identified us. I thank you for the requirements. I thank you for the instruction in your word, oh God. We don't have to be confused. We can't say that we are not knowledgeable. Father, you give clear instructions through your word on how we should be walking. Lord, how we should be conducting ourselves morally, ethically, oh God. Father, in every way in life, God, you gave us the answer in your word. So there is no excuse, no reason for us to not be walking and meeting their requirements, God, through the pride. And God, you even gave us the Holy Ghost. It's not something that we have to figure out. Through the Spirit, God, we can be instructed and guided, hallelujah, on how to live holy, God. Thank you for setting us apart for a purpose, God, that you ordained over us, O oh Lord. And I give you praise, honor, and glory. Thank you for the grace, God. Help us not to abuse the grace, Lord. Hallelujah. We don't want to continue in sin that grace may abound. Lord, in your word, you said, God forbid. But in this day and this hour, God, and I know what your word says, there's going to be a great falling away. Father, let us not sit around talking about those that may be struggling, those that have fallen. But Father, let us pray for one another in the name of Jesus and help us to walk upright, oh God. We know that our lives is that written epistle before men. And Father, when people look at our lives, we want them to see you, God. We want them to see Jesus Christ, Lord, that they may be drawn to you, Lord. Hallelujah. Let us not blur these lines, oh God. Hallelujah. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. Father, you have clearly stated throughout your word that we are supposed to be holy because you are holy God. You are the God that knows no sin. Hallelujah. So let us walk holy before you and righteous before you in everything that we say and do, God, in the name of Jesus. Let us be mindful. As we start this day, God, on everything that we're doing, because we represent you in our everyday lives. And God, I give you praise, give you glory, and I honor you on this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless each and every one of you. I want to thank you all for being part of this uh, section of Testimonial Tuesday here on the New Beginnings Podcast with Jay Jackson. Let me know how I can pray for you. You can go to my email. You can put it in the chat. Uh, if you got any uh, requests that you have before God, let me know how I can pray with you and for you. Amen. God bless you. May you all have an exceptional day. Now unto him that is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless for the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, I say, be the glory, the majesty, dominion, and power, both now and never. Amen. Love you all the love of Christ, and I'll see y'all here next week on Testimonial Tuesday. <laughs>